Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MLB Sunday Waiver Wire, presented by Circling the Bases and NBC Sports Edge. My name is Chris Crawford, and also welcome to everybody who is listening to this on Circling the Bases, a podcast that is also presented by NBC Sports Edge. Uh, My name is still Chris Crawford on both of those formats. Thanks, everybody, who is joining us live. I am joined by my very special guest today, Mr. Ryan Boyer. Ryan, how's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I will be honest with you, that game took a little bit out of me. It was, uh, for those of you who are joining us live, we just watched a not great baseball game between the San Diego Padres and the Washington Nationals. Uh, Final score, six to nothing. Felt felt a little less close than that, Ryan, if I'm being completely honest. Would you agree with that? Yeah, the Nationals can take... Can take a lot out of you watching them. <laughs> that is a yeah. really bad baseball team. But I mean the the Blake Snell experience is on an on one of those upswings. Yeah, it's, that's. I wanted to ask you about Blake Snell because this yeah. is going well so far. Six innings of three hit baseball in this one, no walks and ten strikeouts. One hundred and three pitches, sixty seven of them for strikes. Now, to say Blake Snow got off to a poor start to begin the season is quite the understatement, but I believe he hasn't allowed more than a run in his last four starts. He has lowered his ERA to 3.66 from an ERA that was around the middle of five to be in the middle of June. So we have seen also Blake Snow, the highs and the lows. There's lots of peaks and valleys. And it's like you said, the Blake Snow experience is kind of the way, uh, the perfect way to describe it. How much do you believe in Blake Snow for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, we since that you know 2018 Cy Young season, right? So some 2019 moving forward, you, you just never know what you're going to get year to year, start to start, pitch to pitch, inning to inning, any of that. Mm-hmm. Just uh, but when he's got his mechanics locked in, when he's throwing yeah. enough strikes like he did did today, I mean, he's he was just putting putting the ball wherever he wanted today. Yeah, uh, and a national against the Nationals lineup that, admittedly, yeah, you know, a lot of people could take could take advantage of that lineup, but I, I don't sure. think. I mean, the Dodgers probably wouldn't have fared ter- terribly well against that version of Blake Snell today. You know, like you said, over his last four starts, zero point nine four ERA, thirty nine walks, 
just or 39 strikeouts rather, only five walks. Yeah. 28 and two thirds innings. Dating back to the beginning of July, the only bad start he's had was at Coors Field. Right. Um, and we saw this in the second half last year, too. He had a terrible first half last year and then was just on a complete roll before getting hurt late in the year. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would certainly be wanting to roster him for the rest of the season. He's been moving up way up my rankings with the way he's pitching. I mean, he's you never know if with him. The Blake Snell experience, whether it's going to be uh, the good, the bad, but he, he tends to go through. It's not necessarily always, you know, good start, bad start, good start, bad start. It's like good no. month, <laughs> bad month, good two months. So usually when he's on a roll, it tends to happen, tends to last for a while. Right. Um, like the second half last year before he got hurt. And the Padres, though, I mean, they could be, they could use some, uh, some good news. Was there I'm something sure. that happened on Friday? Did something yeah. happen with that? I'm, I'm going to check. I was offline. I've been in the um, news a little bit the last couple of weeks. I know that I just bought a bunch of Fernando Tatis Jr. rookie cards. Some guy put a bunch of stuff up for sale. Um, and I'm just assuming that he just needed to. Uh, oh, oh, no. Oh, no. So let's talk about that real quick. And everybody who's in the chat, please drop your questions. If you have questions about adder drops, uh, suggested options, whatever you're looking for, we are here to answer it. Let's talk about the Fernando Tatis Jr. For some reason, if you somehow missed it, has been given an 80-game suspension and will not be able to play for the rest of this year, this postseason, and he will miss time to begin the year. So, Ryan, I'm just going to ask you the important question. Um, what do you think of St. Louis? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what? If you're drafting for 2023 – where is Fernando Tatis Jr. going to rank uh, in your rankings? And I know that's a very broad question and a lot of things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, like, can you even justify using selecting him in the first three rounds now? I think you can. I mean, I haven't um, admittedly delved too deep into my 2023 rankings at this point. Sure. But, sure. So I'd have to uh, – have to break that down further at some point, um, but you know, yeah. 32 games, right? He's going to miss first 32 yes. games of the next season. Yes, which is about a month and a week. And yeah, and as we know, um, he's not hasn't exactly been a Speaking bastion. Of of, am I saying that right? Bast, bastion, bastion so, of health. Yeah. <laughs> However, you pronounce that word. Um, not un, unlucky with health, to be sure. Yes, un, unlucky with health. We'll say yes. Yeah. Um, but man, you know, like that, like most of you, I'm sure, when that news oh. came down, when I saw it on the on the Bird app last Friday, yeah, it was just complete shock. And yeah. honestly, it quickly turned to kind of just like sadness. Like I was, oh, yeah. just, it's just a huge bummer. I mean, everybody loves. Fernando Tatis Jr. like he's just a massive talent and a great personality. It's just a a great yeah. player for the game, and it just it stinks. I mean, you know, we all yeah, saw the, no the statement he released. It's like most of those statements in the aftermath. It's you just can't. I don't know. Have you ever had a ringworm? <laughs> wow. No, I have I not. Know this. I know that's a personal question. Um, I uh, the reason I bring it up is 
I believe, so, I believe that's a HIPAA violation, sir. Yeah, I'm so sorry about that. I, um, when I was playing football in high school, um, a bunch of people told me, you know, to stay in shape, you should do wrestling during the winter. And I was like, oh, well, that doesn't sound like my tough cup of tea, but I'll go watch a couple of practices. And when I saw two wrestlers have ringworm, that immediately said, absolutely not. So here's hoping he didn't have, I hope this is all just made up. Also just the fact that like, come on, man, you are the son of a former MLB player. You're one of the most high profile athletes in the world. There is no way you don't know what you're ingesting in your body. And I get it. Like there's, it's basically the closest thing to pleading the fifth. They're going to make up these stories about, you know, what's going on and uh, try to spin it in their PR battle way. I will say I have seen some dreadfully hot takes about uh, the Fernando Tatis Jr. contract, and I get it. It's a lot of money. I think if Fernando oh, Tatis yeah. Jr. hit, the, if I think if he hit the free agent market yeah, tomorrow, to yeah, there's yeah there there were a few, and from a few from writers I respected, a few from writers who also exist, and you know this is just one of those things where it's like you don't need your hot take, man. This stinks. But this idea that all of a sudden that Fernando Tatis Jr. is like done as a baseball player at his age with his skill set is nonsense. Now, my concern for him going forward, of course, is the fact that he is going to be not playing in a Major League Baseball game for an awful long time. So I, I do wonder about a slow start when he does get back. And again, you we talked about it, Beacon, Bastion, Bewilderment of Health, whatever the heck we're, we're supposed to say. That's not something you have to be cognizant of, but I do think that there is an awful still lot to like about Fernando Tatis Jr. skill set, and it just stinks that we won't get to see it until like the middle of May now. No, no WBC for him as well, so that's kind of a bummer oh, too. that's that's uh, a bummer too. Yeah, huh? I but didn't I mean, think about I, that. I still think he'll be as long as he's healthy, and after the suspension, I'm, I I still suspect he's going to be a superstar. Uh, both yeah. real life and, and fantasy. I mean, so if you can get five months essentially of uh, superstar production, sure. is that uh, are you going to use a you know third round pick on that? Uh, it's yeah. similar to the to the it's similar to the Ronald Acuna Jr. timeline. I mean, yep. he he was expect, expected to miss about the first month of. Uh, of this season while coming back from the ACL tear. So refresh my memory. Where, where did his ADP end up? I feel like it was the, like right around the, oh, sorry, I got an ad. Okay. <laughs> the uh, I feel like uh, it was it, like around like late second, early third with him. With something around those lines. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably about the range Tatis is going to wind up, I would guess. Obviously a little different circumstance, but talking about similar timelines, you know. And I think it probably just depends on the for- league format, too. I mean, how the replacement level uh, in a deeper league is obviously not going to be as good. So just kind of depends on your – league format, um, your potential roster construction and stuff like that. But I think it would probably late second, early third is probably around the range he'll end up going. 
Yeah, that's fair. And by the way, Ronald Acuna's average draft position was 1.8 or 16th is actually uh, what it is, according to Yahoo, uh, looking at their draft analyzer. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I will say this. I would rather have Fernando Tatis Jr. and not be able to use him than (laughs) to not have Fernando Tatis Jr. and watch him help somebody else. Win sure. a league. Uh, by the way, for Ian Snell, for Blake Snell, excuse me, that knew I would call him Ian Snell yeah. at least once in this podcast. Ian Snell, His next two fight. starts are against. The, uh, unfortunately, one of the amazing Jack, Jack Zarensic trades uh, that he <laughs> made to make that roster better. His next two starts, he gets a rematch with the Nationals, and then he's scheduled to face the Royals after that. That's awfully friendly. I think that's going yeah. to be. Uh, something that fantasy managers definitely want to be a part of. Uh, just looking at some of the other things from the game, uh, Will Myers had an awfully nice game. Three for four, drove in a couple of runs, hit a double, uh, hitting 252, 293, 325. Seems like he swung the bat a little bit better as of late, Ryan. Is Will Myers somebody that you're interested in at all for the last couple of weeks, or excuse me, last couple of months? Wishful thinking there. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, deeper leagues, I think he's fine. I mean, his path to playing time, I guess, with the the Tatis fallout, I mean, he's going to have a an easier time finding it. Right. Another guy who I would say benefits greatly, I hate to even use that kind of phrasing with uh, when we're talking about not being able to see uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. play. Jerickson Profar is going to stay hitting leadoff now, and he's – kind of sneakily had a great year. So him mm-hmm. staying in the leadoff spot rather than going down to what are the bottom third of the lineup, probably if once Tatis came back, uh, that's really good news for uh, the jerks and profile managers. Um, but, you know, Will, Will Myers offers a little bit of a uh, little bit of speed certainly has the, the power when he's, when he's rolling has had a major Major issues staying healthy, obviously. I think he's fine in deeper leagues, but, you know, he's a, he, he strikes out a lot. He's going to be a guy who goes through those peaks and valleys. Um, I'm fine rostering him in, in five outfielder leagues, probably three outfielder leagues. Yeah. I'm not rushing out to, uh, to grab him there, but he's fine in five outfielder leagues. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, again, we've seen peaks and valleys from him as well. Like when he's – locked in if that sort of thing actually does exist whether you believe it or not it seems like he's a pretty good proof of it it's it's amazing that he's only slugging 325 on the year for a guy that just showed amazing power pick uh, first base eligibility back up too by the way if he has that hasn't already done that in your format so that's that's just something to that's to definitely it's always nice to have that flexibility on the bench uh by the way our buddy uh, just Bob points out that Drew Rasmussen is through eight innings of perfect baseball right now for the what's Tampa the, Bay Rays against the, the Orioles. The pitch count is at 79. So he's wow. definitely going back out there for that ninth inning. We have not had a perfect game in almost exactly 10 years, I believe. I believe Felix Hernandez threw that perfect game in 2012. On August 15th. I could be off on that. It's very close to that date anyway. So it has been 10 years. And by the way, the team that Felix Hernandez threw that perfect game against, the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, the Rays. Yeah. 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 So be fun to see, man. Like, 
a no hitter to me. Has a no hitter lost uh, excitement for you, Ryan? Like, I still think they're pretty cool, but it's like the the perfect game is just so much different. But are you still excited when you get like the no hit watch? I mean, it's still an amazing accomplishment, but like, especially when we went through that that stretch where what did we have like eight no hitters in the span of was that the beginning of last season, right? Yeah, something like that. I can't remember if they wound up breaking the record or not. I believe they they did. But obviously that eventually tapered off. Um, we didn't have like 40 no-hitters that we were on pace for for a while. But yes, it's still an awesome accomplishment. Wainwright had a no-hitter going for last night for a while, the game mm-hmm. I was actually at, but he got that broken up. Still really cool, but obviously a perfect game. That's a whole other level. I mean – how many perfect games in the history of the game are there? Not, it's still not a super high number. Still pretty rare. That no hitters are great, but the perfect game is just on another level. It's so different. Like both of them involve luck, right? Like you need to have some good defensive plays. You need to have sure. some some babbit luck on the other side if you're the pitcher. But like I have seen pitchers throw no hitters who didn't pitch particularly well. Like I've seen the Edwin Jackson no hitter where he walked something like six or seven batters. AJ yeah, Burnett, I believe, walked. Yeah, nine uh, in his no hitter. Something. Yeah, it was a very high number. I saw one of the very first baseball games I ever saw was I saw Andy Hawkins throw a no hitter and give up four runs and lose. Like that was one of my very first baseball moments. And I was like, is this really a special thing? Maybe that's why I'm a little bit jaded, but like a perfect game involves a little bit of luck, but it's mostly just you being dominant. Like um, it's just really a, uh, a special thing. And as much as I have enjoyed Felix being the last one to have it, I'm rooting for Drew Rasmussen to get this. Who's been really good this season. He's lowered his ERA even with these eight perfect innings to a 2.72 ERA. Hey, speaking of pitching, Ryan, two start options. And I mean, we are deep into the year. So this stuff is important. We are relying on you. Help me, Ryan Boyer. You are my only hope. Give me some good two start options for the week. (laughs) Jose Quintana has an awesome two step this upcoming week. I mean, he's, probably rostered in a good number of leagues at this point, but I, I believe 39% still uh, on Yahoo right now. So it's still available in a decent number of leagues. Mm-hmm. 2.25 ERA, 13 strikeouts, four walks, and 12 innings in the first two starts with the Cardinals. If you go back to his last two with the Pirates as well, he's got a 1.09 ERA over his last four starts. He has the Rockies at home, Diamondbacks on the road, this upcoming week. Um, he actually had a really good start at Coors Field this past week. So rematch against the Rockies, and that one's coming at, at home. It's a very favorable matchup. And I believe it's the first – the Rockies' first um, game of a road trip, and those tend to be even more favorable as they kind of a, readjust to those different conditions. So Jose Quintana – Really great two-start uh, matchup uh, this upcoming week. J.P. Sears is another one I really like. He's uh, at the Rangers and against the Mariners. Your okay. Chris Crawford my, Mariners. My uh, Seattle Mariners, yep. <laughs> uh, but, you know, yeah, Mariners not a 
awesome matchup, but he gets to be at Oakland for that one. Um, 2.30 ERA in the majors so far this season for Sears. A 1.70 ERA at AAA this year. Um, really good. Yeah, not going to have a great offense backing him, obviously. Um, but, you know, not a ton of strikeouts at, at the major league level so far, but he's had a whole bunch in the minors. Um, so I, I really like that that setup for him. Aaron Savali has an ERA over six this year, so it's kind of hard to uh, strongly recommend him, but he's got sure. the Tigers at, at home and the White Sox at home. Tigers, of course, have been the worst offensive baseball all season. The White Sox, uh, not great against righties. And Savale, if you're going back to July 1st, 3.50 ERA, 17 strikeouts to two walks over 18 innings. So he has pitched pretty well of late. Obviously, you're going to run into some risk there with a guy like that. He's largely a pitch-to-contact guy, and he has issues with the home run ball on occasion, but that's a pretty favorable setup. One last guy I wanted to mention, James Caprillion. Also, uh, like J.P. Sears, he's at the Rangers and at home against the Mariners. 2.35 ERA over his last seven starts. Uh, He hasn't been getting a ton of strikeouts, just 27 over his last 38 in the third innings, but did show his best velocity of the season in his last start. And I think he had like six strikeouts in like five, excuse me, five and a third, something like that. So maybe with a little more velo, um, you can get a few more swings and misses. So yeah, those are some two-star options for you. What do you got, Chris? You got anybody to recommend? Uh, I was going to mention JP Sears if you didn't. So I'm glad you did. Like, uh, I really like that. You know, you brought him up during the, uh, our trade deadline chat with Colin and I, that he was a guy that was going to get an immediate opportunity. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. He's definitely gotten that immediate opportunity. Like, do I think he's an elite starting pitcher by any stretch of the imagination? No. And ultimately, I think what Sears becomes best at is working as that guy. You know, if you're in an opener situation, I think he's that perfect three and two-thirds inning type of guy or four-inning guy who still gets you the chance to get the win in the fantasy format, um, but you don't really have to have him facing the lineup three times. I'd really only want him facing a lineup twice. One time through would actually be kind of ideal for me, and that's easier to do if you're using that opener format. Um, But I do think he's got a great opportunity here with Oakland. He gets to pitch his home games in a place that has so much foul ground. Decent defense, uh, Elvis Andrews. That did you have you read about the Elvis Andrews comments recently? By the way, Drew. No, he's uh-huh. not happy. He is very much not happy. He is not. Uh, he considers himself an everyday player, and he's not getting that right now. With uh, Oakland giving Nick Allen a bunch of chances at shortstop. Um, oh, I didn't having, see. W- having watched Elvis Andrews hit. Um, over the last few years, I would respectfully disagree with a guy who is going to become a Hall of Very Good player, in my personal opinion, because he's going to end up with a bunch of hits. He was a very strong shortstop for a long time, was never an elite shortstop, but he was always in that second tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Elvis Andrews should, I, I don't want to say shut up and take your paycheck, but at the <laughs> same time, I do want to say maybe you need to hit a little better before you're uh, – <laughs> going nuts about your playing time yeah yeah i hadn't i hadn't seen that quote that's interesting i mean he was a, gave up a hit oh dang 
it looks like it was it looks like it was a leadoff double um uh, by Jorge Mateo. You have no sense of history, Jorge no, Mateo. Jorge, Jorge Mateo has actually hit really well the last couple months, it's been by the way. Really good. It has been yeah. It has been really contributor anymore. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. Like I recommended Mateo a couple of times in uh Yahoo videos that like yeah, there's is one category in particular that he specifies in, sure. but he's hit a lot better than those numbers suggest, and they're starting to rise. Like, it's so weird to say that 231 average is no longer a, a something that's like a black hole in a lineup. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm still not used to that. Um, while yeah, I'm looking at this right day the other day, say that again. He had a five for five game. Yeah, uh, that, Saturday that, or Friday, will, that will help the average for sure. Yes, While I'm so looking good. at this Baltimore lineup, I want to ask you a question that I'm going to ask George on Tuesday during our podcast. Adley Rutschman, been really, really good, especially as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. Has the OPS up to, looks like 781. After a pretty poor start, has hit a bunch of doubles, has looked awfully good for a rookie backstop. Yeah. Where does Adley Rutschman rank for you in catchers? And just give me a quick like, like who? How how many catchers are you ranking like immediately above Adley Rutschman? Um, I like to make people think. I'm sorry about this. Uh, Salvador Perez, Will Smith, probably still putting JT Romuto above him. Okay. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, I think, has probably earned the nod over him right now. Okay, so it's four. Um, Wilson Contreras, uh, maybe we have to see where he winds up. Where he winds up. Yeah. Um, I would probably put Rushman after those guys if I'm doing off the top of my head right now. Um, Just for 2023. I mean, I I would take him over all those guys, I think, in a dynasty. Maybe maybe I'd still side with Will Smith, but uh, it's a – that's a close one. Uh, he's definitely in the top 10 at this point, clearly. You could certainly make an argument for top five for 2023. You know, the left field at Camden Yards is not ideal. Um, right. That's so- suddenly a very favorable pitcher's park now. But as you said, he, he can contribute with a lot of doubles as well. Has fantastic plate discipline for a guy that, that age. He's sure. just a really great all-around player. Should be hitting in the middle of that lineup for years to come. Yeah, you know, right. could certainly make an argument for the top five. I think I think I mentioned five guys, so I'd probably put him six roughly right now going into next season. What about you? You know, I'm a prospect guy, right? Uh huh. I'm ranking him only behind Will Smith next year. Yeah, he's okay. he's my number two catcher next year. And I'll say this too: if you're playing in an on-base percentage league, it's not uh-huh. close. Like, I think you're talking about a guy next year in Adley Rutschman who could have that 370, 380 on base percentage, which you can't say about any catcher, I think, outside of Will Smith right now. Yeah. I mean, that I am, OBP league easily vaults ahead of like Salvador yes, Perez. Salvador yeah. Perez and his wonderful approach at the plate. Now, yeah, the no. thing about Salvador Perez is he's going to be hitting in the middle of the lineup that's, I think, Kansas City's lineup is going to be pretty actually good next year. Like, I know it, it's been disappointing next year, but I think there's some guys who are going to take some steps up. And I imagine that we'll see, or excuse me, Salvador Perez is going to hit 30 to 35 home runs and drive in 115 to, to 110 to 115 runs. 
Yeah. It's just the average category. And I, I'm such a believer in Adley Rutschman's hit tool. He recognizes pitches so well. I just, I really think that when, when I come out with my rankings next year, I think I'm going to be putting Adley Rutschman as my number two catcher. And I know that's going to sound like a super hot take. I've just been so impressed with what I have seen. I'm going to overrate him. I'm going to overrate Bobby Wood Jr. I'm going to overrate Julio Rodriguez. But, man, I've just been so impressed with what I have seen from Adley Rutschman. It's kind of fun to see the catcher position having these kind of options again, too, no? Yeah. Uh, it's not wasteland. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, MJ Melendez is really impressed of late, uh, getting regular yeah, playing for sure. in the outfield. That, that shows you how much the value of his bat has been batting leadoff for the for the Royals. Um, yes. I mean, he gave me a just a really good fantasy option. Um, Dalton Varsho, of course, we didn't even mention him yet. He's a hasn't provided the stolen base total that we were hoping for this year. I believe he's got like eight stolen bases, but yeah, he could easily reach 20, 20 home runs. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to retain catcher eligibility going into to next season. Alejandro Kirk is still very young. Um, Will Smith is still very young himself. It seems like he's been around forever. Maybe it's yeah. just because there are <laughs> so many Will Smiths that we have to think about. But, Too many. Uh, yeah, that's it's a uh, the other Contreras too. Um, he's William, yeah, yeah. William Contreras has kind of had a bit of a breakout himself. So yeah, it's uh, it's a like I said, you know, not as much of a wasteland as it as it used to be. Which when you're talking about catcher and fantasy, yeah, um, that's yeah. about as nice of a of a of a thing you can say about that. I'm no longer begging to play in no catcher leagues anymore, which is what <laughs> I can say That's for the position. And as just Bob brings up Cal Raleigh, who has been fantastic since oh, an yeah. awful start has been, um, by the way, the best nickname in baseball with big dumper. I just, I mean, come on, big dumper. Cal Raleigh is just too good. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney world? Like, Hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney world resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. And we've got prospects like Francisco Alvarez, who, you know, that kind of leads into it. And I want to just talk about prospects real quick before we get going. Um, I've mentioned this in the last few podcasts. The rookie of the year eligibility thing is really going to screw up some call-ups right now. Because 
if you get call up a guy right now and have him play for these final two months, there's a very good chance, if not a likelihood, that they are not going to have rookie of the year eligibility, which takes away your chance of getting that pick for those guys. So guys like Francisco Alvarez, Corbin Carroll, um, D.L. Hall, who I thought looked okay in his first start. You know, um, by the way, he's going to be making the move to relief, so no longer really on the fantasy radar for me. Um, unless he's going to be working behind an opener, I just don't think that there's going to be really a chance. But these prospects, I really don't know if we're going to see any big-time guys get called up for the rest of the year because I think the the value of having that rookie of the year eligibility is going to be something that teams just can't ignore. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit on the last time I was on with you, and that's something I honestly hadn't considered a lot prior to that. But that's sure. That's I think that's absolutely a factor. Um, yeah, certainly interesting to certainly something interesting to track uh, down the stretch. I know, for, like like you had mentioned, Francisco Alvarez. He's been a guy who we've heard maybe possibly the Mets could give him a look by the end of the season. Right. Sure. Obviously, their uh, catcher position, uh, at least offensively, has been quite so much. Far. Yeah, um, they've still got James McCann, I believe, under contract for two more years after this year. Right. That that contract just never really made sense the day it was signed, and it's making it's, less it's, sense that day. No, uh, I mean. Again, Steve Cohen's not going to go file chapter 11 over it or anything like that. But right. it is something that, you know, you have to be cognizant of. Um, I really if, – if Alvarez gets added to the roster, I'm adding him to my fantasy roster. But I think there's just as good of chance that we see that debut come in 2023, and that's true. Gunnar Henderson is the other interesting one for me just because his skill set – I mean, he might – rank is my top fantasy prospect to begin the year because I think there's an opening uh, for for him to play either shortstop or third base for the Baltimore Orioles. Yeah. And he can do a little bit of everything. He can hit for average. He can hit for power. He can steal bases. He has a good approach at the plate. I, I just wonder if Baltimore – and again, some of this could depend too on if Baltimore is in playoff contention. And right now they certainly are, despite the fact that they tried to make moves to suggest that they are not. Oh, boy, that frustrates me. But – um, I just think that we're going to be waiting a little while for these prospects. Another guy like Tristan Casas is a guy who I think is probably ready to go contribute right now. What's the point of calling Tristan Casas up right now if you're going to have him be your first baseman next year, even with uh, <laughs> Eric Hosmer on the roster? That's still oh, so weird to me. Sounds really weird to, to say. It does sound. Boston <laughs> Red Sox. Eric Hosmer. Well, that's a great way to end our show with that weirdness. Uh, thank you so much for everybody who tuned in. We do this every Sunday after the game. We appreciate your questions. We appreciate you chiming in. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. Please hit five stars. Please do everything that you've got to do. We really appreciate it. You can follow me at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. You can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer. Again, we really appreciate it. We'll be back with a show. It'll be me and George Bissell on uh, Tuesday as Colin enjoys a little bit of a vacation. Thank you, Bob. We really appreciate you tuning in and take care, everyone.
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.